My name is Devin Roy, and I've been leading and managing teams for more than 30 years. I have expertise in coaching, interrogation, and strategy development. Most companies use a morning huddle to connect with their teams, to disseminate information, and to create alignment. I will share with you proven real-world strategies and techniques that will help you be more successful. So open your minds, listen closely. The Morning Huddle starts now. Hello everyone and welcome to The Morning Huddle. On today's show, I will be talking with four very intelligent individuals whom I had the pleasure of leading at different points in their careers. This is a three-part series in which we will be discussing the different aspects of leadership impact. I am joined by Meek Haddad, Garrett Ledbetter, Philip Pearson, and Isaac Marshall. Let's listen in and see what they have to say about leadership. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hey, Devin, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So I want, I want you guys to know something. You know, I've been really looking forward to the show and this week because having the opportunity to check in with four leaders whom I've led in different roles at different times in your careers is a rare moment for me. And I want to thank you for agreeing to do this. So let's do this. So in previous podcasts, you know, I focused on how to have a productive coaching conversation. But for today's show, I want to focus on leadership impact. So let's start with a question. During the period of time when you, you guys worked with me, what was the most impactful moment or concepts that you took away from that? And how have you adopted that into your own leadership identity? So Meek, let's start with you. So I would say the most impactful moment was probably our first moment. I don't know about anyone else when they met Devin, but when I met Devin, I was terrified. He was my boss's boss. And like I said, it was like his second day on the job. And we're talking, we get into this conversation about talent and about our teams. And he asked me a question. And the question was, what would your top producer describe you as? And I said, oh, well, they probably would say I'm supportive and um, I'm caring. And then he said, okay. Now, what about your bottom performer? What would they say about you? And I responded saying, they would probably say I'm targeting them. And Devin, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but said both people should describe you the same way and you should engage with both people the same way. And although it's very hard to engage with your bottom producer as you do your top producer, it's super important for your basically leadership impact. And that has been something that has really changed the course of how I look at teams and how I lead my team to lead their people. And it's something that I'm always now very conscious about when people are talking to me about coaching someone out or talking to a very difficult colleague, just how they are relating to that person. It's a good point, Vic. You know, I actually use that question when I do interviews and it helps me sort of weed out those whom I perhaps don't want on my team because it says a lot about their leadership uh, style And if the best performers and the person whom they've had the most difficulty coaching don't describe them very similarly, then that may say something about favoritism and how they're leading. So, all right, me, thanks for that. Uh, Garrett, what are are your thoughts? Yeah, I first met Devin right out of uh, college. I actually came to Macy's through an internship program. And then after graduating, I joined them in their executive development program. And I was fortunate enough to be placed up in South Bend where Devin was uh, our store manager at the time. And the biggest thing that I took away from our time together was it's all about relationships. And when I first started, I really didn't have a grasp on how important that was. 
Um, for me, leadership was, it was all about me, but in reality, it couldn't be that way. Devin really helped me understand how to build those relationships. And one of the things that I remember to this day and probably have repeated to probably a half million people is to think about people as checking accounts and every interaction that you have with them, you wanna make sure that you're depositing money into that account or with that person. And every time you have a negative interaction with them, it's a massive withdrawal that you're taking out. So just really thinking through that lens of how to build relationships by every interaction, making it a positive and great experience for them really helped change how I view, how I lead people and relationships are now at the hallmark and the foundation of how I wanna be led and to lead people. It's a really good, I think, the visual for people who perhaps struggle with relationships. It helps them understand the value, if you will, of relationships when you view it from a monetary standpoint. So a uh, good point. So why don't, we, why don't we go to Philip next? Devin, during our time working together um, at Macy's or Old Orchard, I think we had the best morning huddles um, that I have ever seen pulled off at any store. Just the structure behind them was incredible and really taught me the importance of structure and just the importance of ensuring that those moments serve a purpose versus going through the motions. And also taught me a lot about consistency. They're also very consistent. And because of the structure and the consistency, I think they really had more of an impact than I had seen previously and just a big deal. That was a big takeaway. Yes, the morning huddle is important to every business because it sets the tone uh, for the day. And I used to tell everyone, you know, we're putting on a production or we're, we're selling a product and we have to have credibility in those moments when we do that. So thanks for bringing it up, Philip. Appreciate that. So Isaac, what are your thoughts? I'd say for me, it definitely would have been just taking the backstage position. Um, I remember me and you having a conversation because it was a position that initially I wasn't 100% sold on. Um, but you really helped me to understand the importance of looking multiple roles ahead and making sure that you're preparing yourself and presenting yourself in that light so that when that opportunity comes up, you're able to take it. And then also, uh, we had a conversation about talking through creating your own benchmarks. And that's something that definitely has stuck with me and in, in not just settling for what someone may want you to do and basically and basically having your own benchmarks that help you to elevate yourself and keep you motivated throughout the time. That's excellent. Uh, I remember those conversations like they were yesterday, Isaac. And uh, the, the most important thing I think about that conversation or those conversations we used to have is that I never told you what to do. I mean, all of you are incredibly intelligent people and you don't need someone to tell you what to do. You just need someone to help guide you and lead you to that eventuality. And so that's what you guys uh, many times did uh, during our interactions. So kudos to you. Let's go to the next question I have for you. You guys, again, very smart individuals, very accomplished individuals. What advice do you have for young leaders who are leading themselves, leading others, and leading leaders? This time, let's start with Isaac. I would say for leading uh, self, definitely having a plan and a strong process around how you complete things every day. I know that that's something that I've taken a lot more thought into and in implementing every single day. And it's made a huge impact on how I perform and how my team performs and me just being prepared and having a good structure has helped me to be a lot more successful. 
when it comes to leading others, I definitely would say providing a clear vision to your team. So making sure that they're very clear in terms of what the benchmarks are, and then taking the time to understand the why and the motivation behind each person, because coaching is something that's dynamic. So you're not going to be able to have a one size fits all for every person. Everybody's going to react to things differently. So you have to be able to manage through those things and understand what motivates people so that you can pull on the correct level, levers at the correct time. As far as for leading leaders, really it's just helping them to understand that everything starts with their people and that their success is a reflection of their people. So that there's there's really no need for them to have to brag about any accomplishments or anything that, they, that they've done. Their team will A, be a big driver for their success if they do a good job in developing them. And they also will B, be their biggest advocates in helping them uh, to get that message across to others. Really good point, uh, the last point in particular. I've seen so many very intelligent leaders uh, do what I call weaponizing their, their smarts or their intelligence. You know, as leaders, the further you go up the food chain, if it, you will, the less important it is that you come up with the ideas. If you can get your team to, to participate in ideation, that's, what's, that's more important than you saying, I've got all the great ideas, I'm the smartest one in the room. Uh, so, so good point. Let's go now to Philip. Okay, so when it comes to lead and self, something I found is you have to seek mentorship. Very, very important part of the process if you're a new leader, making sure that um, you have a resource to help guide you through some unique situations that you may not have gone through before and just someone that you can go to with whatever questions you have as you're guiding through um, a process that may be new for you. And then the other thing, as far as leading self, is to make sure that you invest in yourself and try to find the time to learn as much as you can about your business and the culture around you. When it comes to leading others, um, I'm going to piggyback off of Isaac a little bit and a point that Garrett made, building relationships is going to be key. Uh, in order to, to coach and in order for your coaching to be impactful, you have to have a captive audience. Um, and if you have taken the time to build that relationship, your audience is gonna be a lot more captive and you're coaching a lot more impactful. And then I think this is piggybacking off of Isaac a little bit. There is no cookie cutter approach to leading people. Um, you definitely have to tailor your approach to the person. When it comes to leading leaders, I would encourage all new leaders to just really understand the responsibility that they have to their direct reports. You have to serve in order to lead. You also want to be as authentic as possible with your direct reports. And we spend a third of our life at work. So it's also our responsibility to make sure that that third of our life that we're spending and that our direct reports are spending at work is as enjoyable as possible. Wow, well said, Philip. Very, very insightful thoughts. Uh, let's go to Garrett now. Yeah, when I talk about leading self, a lot of times it's really about going deep on who you think you are and who you want to become, um, especially with the high school, college kids, those people that are really starting to figure things out. They haven't really taken the time to understand who they want to be. And a lot of their beliefs and 
systems come from, you know, pure influence and things like that. So it's really important to take a step back and really understand where you see your future and where you see that going. And that helps you develop your value system so that it really serves as your guiding post throughout your life and career. Uh, when you think about leading others, it's really about always being curious. Um, when I say curious, it's really about thinking about people's backgrounds and where everybody comes from. Um, just because I was fortunate to grow up in a household with two parents and having a great childhood and great life so far, doesn't mean that everybody else has. So it's about really understanding what they've learned. Um, you know, I learned how to share things in kindergarten. A lot of other people didn't. And understanding where people are at, meeting them where they're at, and helping them get through um, sometimes those gaps in what they don't know and really helping them become the best version of who they are. Um, with leading leaders, it's kind of along the same lines, always being curious. I think that's the biggest mindset shift that a lot of people go through is that when they become the leader, more than likely they're a leader because they excelled in the individual contributing role. And now they have to prove that they not only are the expert in what they do, but they can help other people become the expert in what they do. So it's really important that they also stay curious so that they can help people reach their best potential as well. That's well said. I, I like the last point you made, you know, uh, when I used to work in loss prevention or asset protection, we used to make the mistake of promoting the person who caught the most shoplifters. And, and that concept, that practice didn't work because just because you caught the most shoplifters doesn't mean you can lead people. And so that's kind of what you're talking about. Just because you had individual results that were great, how do you get others to perform at that same level? So good points. Uh, and me, finally. Yeah, so I think I'm saying or expanding on things that have already been said, but as far as leading self, I think it's important to remain a student and to always be teachable. I think sometimes when we are leading ourselves, we go, you know, I can do what I want to do. And we're not always thinking about there's been people in roles like ours before. And it's really important to remain a student so that you have more to give to others uh, when you're leading people. I think with leading others, the most important thing is to listen. I think leaders always want to talk. We always want to be the ones to tell people what to do, but we have to listen. And I think when we ask questions, we have to make sure that we are really listening to the answers and, and doing things based off that. We're not just asking people because we know like, I should ask you as your leader what you think and then kind of ignore what the answer is. So listening when leading others. And then when it comes to leading leaders, I really think that it's important to build relationship, not just with your direct team, but who else in the company can you build relationship with outside of your department? Who else can you really, really get to know so that it not only makes it a better experience for you, but you're also able to give your people what else is going on outside of your direct team or your direct project. Awesome. Good stuff. Every leader must understand the importance and the difference in leading self, others, and leaders. They must have a strong bias for serving in this capacity and not see the opportunities of others as an imposition. They must, however, view these imperfections as a chance to help someone live up to their full potential. That's it for today's show on part one of a three-part series on leadership impact. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you've been enriched by what you've heard in the morning huddle.